Love it that you're here. <clears throat> and obviously recognize the um, sort of the kind of the conflicting emotion that, that might affect all of us. And, uh, and uh, I admit, man, you started that song right there. And mm, I was like, God, I got to preach. Please stop my t- crying. <sighs> Where do you live? Where do you live? Okay, that's a great question to ask. I don't know if y'all realize that. Where do you live? All right, so we've been in the gathering conversation for quite a few weeks now. Uh, we started in, in, in the whole sort of the definitions of the gathering, and then we began the process of, of who am I and what's important to me and what does it mean to surrender and what does it mean to sacrifice, what does it mean to listen, and today we're going to be talking about where do you live. And now, if I were to ask you that, if we were sort of run into each other over at the Walmart or something, and I'd say, where do you live? And you'd give me an address. Well, I live at 207, you know, uh, Drowned Bird Lane. I don't know. I made that up. Anybody live on Drowned Bird Lane? I didn't think so. All right. Um, if I ask you where you live, you can give me an answer, right? Let me ask you this. Where do you hang out? Where, 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 where do you hang out? Right? I mean, I mean where, 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 do you, where do you spend a lot of your time? See, uh, years ago, right, so I grew up at Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church in Greenwood, South Carolina, and we had a fellowship hall. How many of y'all have ever been over to the fellowship hall? Raise your hand. You know, we have people who show up for worship on Sunday mornings, and when something's in the fellowship hall that they want to be a part of, they go, where's that? Because they never ventured over there to the fellowship hall. Well, one Sunday, I made a joke. And some people thought I was serious because they never know when I'm telling a joke when I'm not. I said, I think I'm going to change the name of the fellowship hall. And everybody went, you know, it's a Baptist thing. It's got to be called fellowship hall. <laughs> I said, I'm going to call it the hangout hall. <laughs> I mean, it means the same thing, right? It's where we hang out together. And we're going to call it the hangout hall. And I had a couple of, uh, let's say, they were a little older than I am said, you can't do that. <laughs> I said, I can't. <laughs> well, obviously I didn't. But where do you hang out? You know, where do you spend your time? The Bible uses a word called abide. Remain. Stay. Where do you spend your time? Well, and I don't mean just physically. I mean, where, 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 where are you, physically speaking? Now, where do you stay? Whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, yes. Spiritually, where do you hang out the most? Where do you abide? You see, that, that, that's the next uh, topic of conversation in the gathering conversation. Is, is where do you spend your time? Can I just go ahead and tell you, the world around us is going crazy. Uh, Nick and I had great prayer time this morning about this because, man, folks' foundations are getting just tackled, right? Like Clemson yesterday. I say I mentioned it first, so y'all can feel free to go ahead and talk about it. <clears throat> People's lives are getting turned over and upturned, all right? My question is, 
what what do we do with our lives? Where do you hang out? Where do you dwell? Where do you abide? Uh, interesting. You know, I want to share with you a few thoughts about Jamie. You see this harmonica here? It's not real. It's a prop. What's beautiful about it is, is it showed up sometime Thursday or Friday morning. I don't know when and I, it doesn't matter. But I walked in here sometime Friday and that big old fat harmonica was hanging there and I was like, how appropriate. Isn't that some kind of testimony, a, a, a memorial as such, to our friend Jamie? Right? And so I only found out this morning where it came from. Anybody know where it came from? Yeah, see, a couple of you know, David had it. How long have you had it, David? Since the 80s. Since the 80s. David has had that prop harmonica since the 80s. For what? For today. Is that not incredible? To me, that's an amazing thing that we can honor our friend Jamie. I remember when I met Jamie. You know what? Jamie's crazy. (laughs) If you knew him at all. You know I'm not lying about him. Man, Jamie Jamie had different different approaches and different ideas to things and you know he wrote a uh he wrote a reggae hymn for us one time. Did y'all know that? We sang it twice. We couldn't get the rhythm. <laughs> it just wasn't in us to get the reggae rhythm with Jamie, right? But Jamie, man, he 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 did it. I think we did it at the park one time. Didn't we? Yeah, we did it at the park one time. Jamie just had a different view of things. You know, uh, I remember talking to him when he first came here. I said, well, how did you get here? Well, here's how I got here. He plays music. Everybody know he plays music? Yes. He played music in the backyard. He was kind of hanging out with David and a group of folks just jamming in the backyard. And David, David invited him to come to the gathering. So he came to the gathering and starts wailing on that harmonica. And I thought, okay, uh, this was before the days of, where's James? James? This was actually before the days of the banjo that the harmonica started. And I thought, okay, <laughs> we're developing a musical identity. <clears throat> morning glory has a flavor. And if you like the morning glory flavor, you show up at 810. Or it might have been 820 at the time and got moved backward. Well, anyway, you adapt. You change because we like the flavor, right? And so Jamie's way, and, and, and it was fun to watch him develop into that sort of add to the flavor. And you, you'd be sitting there singing along and all of a sudden you'd hear this sort of wailing kind of sound. And not really identify where it's coming from and then realize that it was that harmonica sliding in between a phrase or a note or a, or a lyric. And you'd go, that was perfect, right? Man, it was just a cool thing. And so I talked to Jay. I said, Jamie, how'd you get here? And so he kind of told me a little bit about, it. you know, he was doing children's ministry at a congregation down in, in Wilmington and, 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 and played a really goofy part in that children's ministry. I don't know how many of y'all know, there was, a, there was like this surf shack and this, this surf guru guy that shared Jesus principles with kids and that's who Jamie was. He was that character in that ministry, right? He wrote some of the scripting for that ministry. Crazy, right? Where'd Jamie live? Where did he abide? Where did he dwell? 
See, I really think, and I believe this about Jamie, I believe he, he, he looked for opportunities, first of all, just to add flavor. And to add flavor from a kingdom perspective. Especially when that opportunity presented itself. Okay? If, if Scott needed somebody to count one, two, three in the middle of a song, you know who did it? Jamie did it. You get to the end of a phrase and it's one, two, three. Jamie's one over here yelling, right? That's it. That's his thing. See, let me ask you something. And this is the point of the message. You know, I hate it that this is the illustration for today's message, but I think it's a perfect illustration, okay? Where do you hang out? Where do you abide? Do you abide in kingdom service? Do you abide in kingdom surrender? Do you abide in kingdom sacrifice? Are you willing to do for the king in your everyday life? See, we're doing the ministry opportunity forms. Can I just go ahead and tell you, we're always going to need people to hang out with with preschoolers in, in, in the hatchlings. We're always going to need people to hang out with children from 5 to 10 or 11 years old in 3G. We're always going to need that. You know, we're always going to need somebody willing to come over here and take the trash out every now and then. We're always going to need somebody to clean up the kitchen or the varmints take over after a meal. See? What's it called? It's called serving. It's called being a servant. It's called having a servant's heart. Not what did I come to get, but what can I come to do? Okay? There was a song back in, I think it was the 80s, maybe 90s. A guy named Ray Bolts did it. Uh, It was just called Thank You. I remember I used to sing it. I had cassette tapes, soundtracks. Uh, the lyrics of the song are what matter, not Ray Bolts or his life. I mean, he was a, he, he produced it. He put it out there for the world to hear and enjoy. But this is, I was praying this morning. I said, God, how, how I mean, you know, Jamie, any other week would have been standing right there for the whole first part of this worship time. And we feel the void. We feel the loss. We feel it. But this morning at 10 minutes to four, when I woke up and started praying, I said, God, how do I address this? And this is what he gave me. Ray Boltz gave us these words. I dreamed I went to heaven and you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man, and he was smiling as he came. He said, friend, you may not know me now. And then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad you gave. Then another man stood before you and said, Remember the time a missionary came to your church and his pictures made you cry. 
You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. And Jesus took the gift you gave. And that's why I'm here today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad you gave. One by one they came, far as the eyes could see, each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made unnoticed on the earth, in heaven now proclaimed. And I know that up in heaven you're not supposed to cry, and you won't. But I, almost, but I am almost sure there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord. He said, my child, look around you, for great is your reward. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Where, where, where do you hang out? See, we live in a culture, we live in a society that is all about us. And we make it all about us. And we try to draw attention to us. And we try to make ourselves the center of the universe. My struggles, my pains, my wants, my desires. You know, my issues, my conflict, my whatever. My, 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 my. Jesus said this in John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me, and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So on a day like today, and indeed Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock is the celebration memorial for Jamie. Pray for his kids for and his family and pray for him. It's a difficult time. Um, and it's one of those instances in ministry that I feel the most inadequate. I never know what to say. I can't say anything to make it better. I can't say anything to fix it. I I I can't say anything to make make the, the emptiness go away or the grief subside. I can't. And yet I know who can. See, Jesus is telling us, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will produce much fruit. You see that? That's, a, that's incredible. So in this passage then, uh, what we are first introduced to in John 15 is the Father. 
I am the true vine and my father is the gardener, the caretaker. Some translations say the husbandman. Okay, the father to the vine. What does the father do? The father takes care of and nurtures and feeds and makes sure there's water and and supplies everything that the vine needs. See that? The father to the vine is, is, is necessary. Without the caretaker, without the one who has ordained it, and, and actually from a creative standpoint, without the one who made the vine, created the vine, there is no vine. So, so who's the vine? Jesus says it. He says, I am the true vine. So so the Father has given us the vine. See that? God has provided it. God has given it. I had great vines once upon a time. Except growing up, I was told they were muscadines. But then when I bought the house, they told me they were grapes. I'm like, I don't know about that. Uh, muscadines got like a leathery outside to them and you can chew on them for an hour like gum but then that little inside will squirt right out and it's got seeds in it and you can bite down on them seeds my mama said don't swallow them because then a vine will grow in your stomach (laughs) my mama didn't always teach me truth y'all know that right (laughs) I don't know if she ever said that I just remember that as a kid I had grapevines, and, 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 and they grew, and, and they grew along my back fence, and my back fence was a chain-link fence, and so what did the grapevines do to the chain-link fence? They took it over. The chain-link fence is steel, and those vines took that chain-link fence over, and they, they came up through the chains and the links and all that kind of thing, and then they blossomed out the top, and they hung over, and, and then, and then in, the, in season, the, 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 the muscadine slash grapes, whatever they are, I don't care, they, they, they'd come out on the vine, and we'd go out there and pick them, and then here's the bad thing. Some of them would fall on the ground and get squashed, and then the bees would show up. Right, the vine. Where it wasn't like every grape had a vine, but every grape had a vine. There was a a central vine, and and, and from that central vine grew all of these branches that came up through the chain links and and came out over the top of the vine, and 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 it produced fruit. Why? Because God created it to produce fruit. God provided for it to produce fruit. Uh, God had provided in that soil of my yard to nourish that vine. And, and such placement by the former owners of the house that it got sunshine most of the day long. And so it produced lots and lots and lots of fruit. Right? Jesus is saying this, every branch in me that doesn't produce fruit, he cuts it away. He prunes it. He prunes every branch, what? That produces fruit, so it'll produce more fruit. So some of the branches aren't producing fruit, so we got to get them out of the way 
of the branches that are producing fruit, that want to produce fruit, that are, 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 are concentrating on that. Can I just go ahead and tell you, there's no brain in a grapevine. There's no branch going, hmm, I think I'll produce 12 muscadines instead of 10 this year. Doesn't happen that way. See? But how can the gardener, the, the caretaker of the vine, ensure that the branches that are accomplishing their creative purpose can do it better by getting stuff out of the way? Getting the hindrances out of the way, getting the stumbling blocks out of the way, getting the, the shade out of the way, making sure there's, 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 there's the proper feeding and the proper watering and those kind of things so that fruit is actually produced. You see, Jesus says, you're already clean and because of my word, I've spoken to you, remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains, abides on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. Do you know that a branch doesn't really have a choice? You know that? branch going to grow. It's going to be there. Now, for some reason, that branch might not produce fruit. And I don't want to get into the minutiae of gardening because I've told you before, I hate gardening. I'm not supposed to use a word that harsh and heavy. But as a child in middle school, my parents made me weed a garden. So when I, I, I moved into a house that had two apple trees, a fig tree, and a bunch of roses just dropped in the ground somewhere. And man, a lawnmower will do wonders when you don't want to take care of that stuff. So I dug out the fig bush. I chopped down one of the apple trees. The other apple tree provided shade, so I appreciated that. The apples were no good. They had worms all in them and stuff because I didn't spray them when I was supposed to, right? I didn't take good care of what grew in my yard. See, God takes care of the vine. God takes care of the branches. God works to get the things out of the way that hinder fruit. Okay. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains. Some translations use the word abide. Can I go ahead and just say we're on an island here and say the one who hangs out in me, which is appropriate for grapes, by the way. Just saying. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. The Father cares for the vine. The vine supplies the branch and the branch leads to life. Branch leads to life, y'all. So, so I'm not going to ask you, you know, about your fruit. Doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I, I'm not the, 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 the gardener. I'm not the caretaker. I'm a branch too. I'm just another branch attached to the vine. And so are you. The challenge and the question for all of us is, do we do all that we can to stay attached to the vine?
Or do we make choices that hinder? Do, do, do we have attitudes that hinder? Right? Do we, do we engage in actions and activities that hinder the vine providing and producing in us fruit? See that? You know, it's funny. When people read this passage, they all want to know, well, well, what does that mean? They're going to be cast into the fire. Don't wander too far away from the fact that this is an illustration that Jesus is giving us. If you're a vineyard or a vine grower or you like gardening, ever pinch off dead leaves? Sure you do. You don't pinch off live ones. My, I had an aunt. Her name was Aunt Elizabeth. Her husband was Will. We used to go down to their house. They had a farm. I could tell you stories about that farm because he would he would he would scatter broadcast peas in a section of his garden, not in rows. I mean, he'd broadcast them, right? And they just grow everywhere. Just all of, no 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 strings holding them up. Nothing. Uh, I don't know. I, we would wander through there and pick peas, but not down rows or anything. We just, when it was time to cut them down, when there's no more peas on them, he had this great big old Yazoo tractor. Man, he'd go down through there, chopping down those pea vines. You know what was in the pea vines? Rats. <laughs> and we'd chase them. <laughs> anyway, that's my childhood, sorry. Another part of our garden, or another part of my uncle's garden, was the daylilies. My aunt cross-pollinated daylilies. She'd go out there with a Q-tip, and this color would be appealing to her, and she'd take some pollen off that one, and she'd go, you know, two or three plants down to another daylily that had another color she was partial to, and she'd cross-pollinate them. She'd stick the pollen from that one on that one. Why? Because next season, it would produce totally different flower composed of two colors that appealed to her. She was a gardener. She was a caretaker. Folks, can I tell you this? And, and, and I'm going to wrap here. God is our caretaker. Jesus is our source. Don't allow the world to disconnect you from the source. I see Christians every week get so bound up in what's going on around them that they forget. None of it surprised God. Nothing that's going on today is a surprise to God. God knew it. God in His permissive will allows it. There's a lot going on in the world around us that is not God's will. But God's will for you is to be surrendered, to be sacrificed, to be connected to the source of life, which is Jesus. Don't let the world cloud that. Don't let the world become an obstacle to that. Don't, don't, don't let your attention be distracted from who Jesus is. Folks, this morning, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I told Nick this in the office back there. I said, man,
I said, a lot of Sunday mornings I wake up really early and, and, and it just processes through my mind. Every, I told you all this last week. Everything I got to do today. And I confess. In that moment, I'm like, I can't do it. God's answer. Every time I say to God, God, I can't do it. God says, I didn't ask you to. God's the one doing it. God's the one at work. I am a vessel. You are a vessel. I'm a conduit of what God wants to do. You are a conduit of what God wants to do. Don't take yourself out of a position of being that conduit, that plate, that vessel of God's work. The world will try to distract you. The world will try to get your attention. The world will try to get you off on some tangent, some, some alternate path, thinking you're doing what's good, thinking you're doing what's right, thinking you're doing some sort of, some sort of something in the world, and yet we end up leaving behind the purpose of our salvation, which is fruit in the kingdom of God. Don't get distracted. See, you're, you're just an empty plate. You're just conduit. You know, I, I remember when I started using that word in messages. I didn't, I didn't know it early on. I mean, I worked construction, but, but we never used conduit. It wasn't until I was working with, with an electrician one day, he said, all right, we've got to put this conduit in. It's like, conduit? What is that? He said, that, that's the pipe we put in a commercial structure that we run the electrical line through because the code calls for it. I'm like, just put the wires up there. That's what we did in that house. No, you got to have conduit. What's conduit? It's just an empty pipe. You know what I am? You know what you are? We're just a conduit. We're empty apart from Christ in us. Apart from our connection to the vine. Where do you hang out? Do you hang out in the presence of God? Do you walk with Jesus? See, this Sunday mornings, this is just family reunion, right? We've been hanging out with Jesus Monday through Saturday. If you hadn't been hanging out with Jesus Monday through Saturday, can I just go ahead and tell you that's on you? You can make that your priority is to hang out with Jesus Monday through Saturday. Sunday morning, we just get together and celebrate what God's doing. Can I tell you right now? Jamie, is, by his own testimony, is in the presence of Jesus right now. And if you went to him and said, Jamie, we really need your harmonica. Your family really needs you. Come back. You know what? He wouldn't. Because he's seen Jesus face to face. <laughs> and that is the fulfillment of God's promises. Okay? Don't get distracted. Don't get bound up in what I want. And by that I mean what you want. Don't get selfish. Because Jesus said, and I shared this a few weeks ago, if anyone would follow after me, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. Stay connected. Hang out with Jesus every day, all day. Make it about him. Exalt him. Okay?
pray with me. God, thank you for today and, and, and all that you're accomplishing. God, we, we would be grief-stricken. We would be immobile. Uh, we, would, we would be stuck if, if we dwelled in our grief. If we dwelled in our loss. God, we, we'd be distracted if, if we let the world have its way in our hearts and minds. We'd get sidetracked into issues and, and junk that's important in the world. When God, uh, you've given us a priority. God, we want to love you. We want to love you most. We want to love you best. Because God, you've loved us first. And you've loved us most and best. God, we need to love each other. I don't care who they are, what they think, or how they act. We need to love them. So God, help us to do that. Help us to be testimonies of your love for us. Thank you for this morning. I thank you the way you've laid it out for this morning for us to realize that, God, we have an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. Help us not to miss it. I just ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.